I've been chatting to this really cool guy on Discord recently, and he asked me a question. Um, what was it? I'm just going to scroll up here. General question, just so wondering about your opinion. Sometimes I need a real-time database for my apps. If I can ask which one system do you prefer? And this is such a loaded question. And I started kind of answering it and realized that my answer pretty much ended up turning into an essay. So I thought I'd just do a bit of a podcast on my thoughts around real-time databases. And just to be super clear here, I've done a bit of stuff with real-time databases. I have a bit of experience and I've done a bit of exploring with real-time databases, but I'm not a real-time database professional. And so even though I have a good idea of where, what avenues you might want to go down, depending on your needs, um, I, I don't have a lot of experience with the finer nitty gritty of real time. I've never actually dealt with something like, what is it, Sockets uh, directly. I've always used stuff like Laravel Echo or Feathers.js in order to deal with that kind of a thing. So just a quick caveat there, but let me dive into my answer. I'm basically going to read bits of my answer and clarify points. Um, for anybody that's listening on this podcast, because I think it's such a loaded question. Um, and it would be nice to have a centralized podcast that allows people to kind of, th- that I can help guide people in terms of making this decision. And also, so you guys can message me, hit me up on Discord. My Discord is LDBold, which is L-D-I-E-B-O-L-D. Hit me up on Discord if you have some other thoughts around this. I'd love to hear them. Um, All right, so here's what I said. Great question. I don't spend a lot of time with real-time databases, but have some ideas. Also, just to be clear, many of these solutions aren't real-time, quote-unquote, real-time databases. They're frameworks that add real-time functionality to a database like Postgres SQL or MySQL. All right, so that's an important point that I wanted to point out here, that a lot of these solutions aren't quote-unquote real-time databases. They're databases with code and functionality on top of them that create a real-time sort of feel for the user. All right, so the obvious choice is Firebase. I think Firebase is great for beginners as a learning resource. I personally don't like using Firebase because you'll hit a brick wall at some point and those brick walls are hard to jump with a tool like Firebase, especially around things like data analysis and managing your backend code. So because I think you have to do things or at least a large amount of it is usually done with, um, um, so, what's it called? Um, functions as a service. I can't remember what the other name for it is at the moment, but anyway. Also, you're at the mercy of Google since it cannot be self-hosted. So I've heard a lot of people have problems where their pricing gets a bit out of control with Firebase. Um, And I I don't know, I just kind of like, with Firebase, I feel like we have so much benefit using SQL. And I think they're trying to sort of bridge that gap there. But you kind of need to do things the Firebase way. It's great to begin with. Um, But as you get deeper into your project, I found personally, and I've also heard from other people, that once again, you hit those brick walls. And even though a lot of them are solvable, almost all of them are probably solvable, they get harder and harder to solve. And And your problem, your code base gets a little bit more convoluted. So absolutely fantastic if you're a beginner, but it does start to break down unless you're like a hardcore Firebase pro and you're like, Firebase is my thing, it's my jam. Then I don't know, maybe you might want to sort of stick with Firebase for real-time stuff because it does handle real-time really well and it's got integrations for things like Vue, though um, it's not integrated properly with Vue 3 yet. They're still working on that. So that's one thing to also keep in mind. If you want to use it with Quasar, you might want to wait until um, the, I think it's called uh, Vue Fire until that's released for Vue 3. 
All right, so Firebase is cool. I'm personally not a big fan. It's just not the way I like to develop. Um, and I found it to be a little bit annoying and a little bit too cloud-based. Cloud, you know, being able to scale things in the cloud is nice, but often that comes with its limitations and makes makes it a bit more annoying to write code sometimes. You know, a lot of people disagree, but anyway, let's move on. You can sort of um, send me some comments um, and yell at me on Discord. Once again, L-D-I-E-B-O-L-D if you want to yell at me on Discord for dissing Firebase. <laughs> Also, so this is the next thing I said, also keep an eye on Superbase. It aims to have the same API as Firebase on the front end. So when you're dealing with it on the front end, that's one of the great things about Firebase. It's really easy to keep things live, to keep your data live. So Superbase tries to keep that same API, but gives you far more control over your data. And it does that by basically giving a, you a, a Postgres database that you have direct access to. So if you want to do your own database type stuff separate from your real-time database stuff, you can do that because you have direct access to your Postgres database when you use Superbase. So yeah, I said here, I believe they store it in a Postgres database. You kind of get the best of both worlds using Superbase. So that's definitely another option here. Um, then there's Feathers.js. So Feathers is an open source real-time database framework. This is most likely what you're looking for. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're looking for a real-time database, Feathers.js is probably the right solution for you. It's mature, it's open source, and seems to be quite flexible, at least from um, my limited experience with it. And once again, I don't have much experience with Feathers um, yet, uh, it's what I would personally reach for if I wasn't so familiar with Laravel, all right? So as a lot of you know, I have a lot of familiarity with Laravel, but integrating something like Feathers with Quasar wouldn't be too much of a stretch. Maybe I should actually do a video on that. That'd be a nice one. Um, so if you're looking for real-time databases, um, I would try and steer, steer clear of, uh, of um, what was I saying, of Firebase and, and point your head towards something like Feathers.js. Um, simply for the reason that it does give you a lot of similar sort of functionality to Firebase. I think you do have a lot to do a little bit more extra work with some of the real-time stuff. Maybe, I don't, I don't know, actually, I can't sort of back that up. But yeah, I would definitely look into Feathers.js if you're looking into this podcast and most of your familiarity is with Firebase. All right, so for larger projects that you might be working on for the next three plus years. So if you're going to be in this code base every single day of your life um, for the next three years plus, and you need something that's going to sort of um, scale really well in terms of the code base, I'd use a full-blown backend framework like Laravel, all right? There's others out there, but I'm a pretty hardcore Laravel fan. There's definitely a bit of bias here. I love the community. I love the framework. So you'll need to do more work to get real-time happening with Laravel, but the backend itself is far better organized. So when you need to handle things like jobs, exposing an API using, um, you know, the open API um, specification or what's it called? Um, oh gosh, I forget the names of these things on uh, when I'm doing a podcast. But yeah, when you need to expose your API um, safely to the world, uh, dealing with policies, testing, dealing with caching, uh, doing email, doing notifications, doing task scheduling, all that kind of stuff has already been figured out and is really nice using something with like Laravel. Uh, because these, you know, these aspects have already already been beautifully organized for you. And so if you want to have like a different email service, like you end up changing email services down the line, 
Laravel, since it has um, an API for email that it uses, it's very easy to swap that out. So if you decide, hey, I want to use MailChimp, and then at some point down the line, you're like, oh, actually, I want to use Postmark, or I want to use um, some other emailing service down the line, or I want to use my own thing, like Amazon you want to use Amazon SES or whatever, swapping that out using Laravel is really easy. And so that's why I always recommend that people do start learning bigger backend frameworks. It doesn't have to be Laravel. Um, there's a few others out there. But it's it's better not to just go in all in with something like Firebase. Find a backend framework and get familiar with it now so that when you do hit those brick wharves with these um sort of these frameworks that uh, streamline things and make it easier for you because when things are too easy, you tend to hit brick walls later on down the line. So this is why I recommend larger frameworks. So when you hit those brick walls, you know what to do. You're ready to start um, introducing that larger framework into your workflow. So um, yeah, for larger projects, I would use Laravel. Now, if you want to try something, this is a different thought now. If you want to try something fancy and take a peek into the future, or at least as I see the future, check out GunDB. I believe projects like this will change the way we use databases forever. I really do. But the technology in the browser needs time to allow some of um, the decentralized database concepts that GunDB is using. Um, and maybe these actually have been addressed. I haven't looked at um, decentralized databases for a long time, but... Yeah, GuardDB is really interesting. The idea is you don't actually have a centralized database like MySQL or Postgres or um, uh, CouchDB or whatever. You don't actually have that in the server. Basically, and I don't fully understand how this works, basically it communicates with other com computers around the web like other nodes and keeps your data in sync that way. It's really, really interesting. And so they have a solution at the moment for that by having um, like node servers that basically run GunDB as well, but that's not true decentralization. And so anyway, I don't wanna to go too deep into that. If you're interested in that kind of thing, check out GunDB. It's like real-time decentralized database is really super interesting. All right, then you have no SQL databases like CatchDB and MongoDB. Now, honestly, I'm not really interested in this technology right now. I might be interested uh, you know, for things like machine learning, um, you know, there's then there's stuff like Neo4j, which is great for machine learning. Um, but I don't do that kind of thing. So to be fair, there are many benefits to NoSQL databases, and I don't have the knowledge to talk about those benefits. And I think they are actually tend to, they do tend to be pretty well geared to, um, you know, keeping things really fast when you want to do real time, um, especially when you've got deeply nested data. Uh, However, I think you do lose a lot of benefits. So for example, integration, where you, you might want to introduce other technologies that uh, use SQL language, and that's not going to work with a NoSQL database. So I don't know, it's something to consider. Maybe if your Facebook or Google NoSQL databases would make sense to you. For the majority of people, I ju I'm just not convinced that NoSQL databases are something worth exploring. Um, once again, I'm going to get a lot of flack for that, but that's totally fine. Yell at me and tell me while I'm, why I'm wrong, because I'm sure I've got a lot of ignorance around there. So there's no SQL as well. So things change if you want to go down the GraphQL route. So a lot of you listening to this probably know about GraphQL. In that case, I'd look into something like Prisma, which is a very interesting technology. And this allows you to basically make a bridge between your database and the client uh, using GraphQL. So GraphQL has real-time specifications that Prisma implements. So if you're using GraphQL, um, 
then definitely check out something like Prisma because then you can have, then you truly do have the best of like three worlds. You get to use GraphQL. You could also have a GraphQL and a REST API if you wanted to. You can use Prisma then to make a bridge between GraphQL and your database, which would be really sweet because now you get to use, you know, Postgres on the back end or um, MySQL on the back end, whatever. But um, you get the beauty of using something like GraphQL. Uh, I think GraphQL is a very exciting technology. Um, and honestly, I would probably consider using it with some of my new projects. So I'm very interested in Prisma. So if you're interested in GraphQL, Prisma. If you want to use something like Laravel with GraphQL, then check out, uh, it's called Lighthouse. And don't confuse that with um, Chrome's Lighthouse tool in your browser. It's something completely different. Lighthouse basically gives you GraphQL um, capability with Laravel. And so for larger projects, you might want to use Laravel with Lighthouse and then look into using um, GraphQL with that. So I know this, there's a lot of different options here, but I'm going to wrap up at the end. So as a final thought, I personally want to find a way to allow Feathers.js, one of the ones I mentioned earlier and the one that I would recommend for most people, I want to find a way to get that to play nice with Laravel. To me, this is the dream and would be an absolutely perfect solution. Imagine if you had something that was specifically focused on real-time, like Feathers.js, but you've got the robustness of Laravel for the other aspects of your application. To me, that is the dream. If I could bridge the gap between those two, I'm like, whoa, awesome. You can have a real-time application on your phone and then you can do stuff like offline support because I'm pretty sure Feathers.js has some good integration for stuff like that. But then for other aspects of your application, I'd just go pure Laravel. That would just be so cool. All right, so I did write a summary. Um, this is what I came up with. For beginners, Firebase, Superbase, or Feathers. I personally recommend Feathers though, um, and there's probably good arguments on the contrary. So Feathers.js for beginners. For larger projects, Laravel. Just be aware you need to put in a little bit more extra work. And as a side note, please, if you're listening to this and you haven't explored a larger backend framework, um, I don't care what you choose, choose one. Do, um, it could be Ruby on Rails. It could be Django. Um, find a larger backend framework um, that's going to help you deal with, um, you know, more robust frameworks, uh, so, sort of um, more robust applications. All right. So the, uh, the third point then is if you want to use GraphQL, look into Prisma. Prisma is a very exciting technology. And the last point I wanted to make, you probably want to end up with your data in Postgres because it's easier to work with, easier to analyze, and will be able to integrate with just about anything and is basically limitless, just to put it simply, right? I use a lot of other technologies um, on my back end, stuff like Metabase. I know I'm throwing a lot of technologies out there in this podcast. Um, so, you know, listen to this again, write them down and look into them. But stuff like Metabase, um, there's a technology I use uh, for data analytics called Matomo. Uh, a lot of these other things integrate really nicely with SQL. When you want to scale, SQL also, uh, I know I know NoSQL scales really well, but Postgres in particular scales really, really well. Um, so, and it's got a lot of, um, you know, options there. So you probably want to end up with your data in Postgres for the majority of people listening to this podcast. So I hope that helps. Uh, let me know if you need any clarification. No doubt a lot of you will. 
If you're listening to this on YouTube, then send me a um, comment on YouTube. I try to reply to all of my YouTube comments, and I think I do a pretty good job of that. Hit me up on dis- Discord, on at uh, which is L-D-I-E-B-O-L-D. And definitely, definitely, if you love this kind of thing, then check out QuasarCast.com slash register. I will be doing videos on Firebase in the future, but most of my stuff will be using Laravel on the back end. So I know a lot of people love Firebase, so I am going to talk about it. I am going to do videos on it. But once again, uh, Laravel is my back end of choice. Um, and I, th- it, you know, just, I really want to drive this point home. Please do spend the time, if you haven't already, to learn a fully-fledged um, back-end framework like Laravel, like um, uh, Ruby on Rails, like uh, Django. There's another one that I always forget the name of that's like super popular, Node.js-related um, framework. Choose one. Learn it. It will totally be worth your time. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And remember, I truly mean this when I say this. Remember, there is nothing you can't build.